Shalom, welcome to Tanakh study. This is Alex Israel with you again from Alon Shvut. And we are in the middle of a very uh, wonderful chapter, but a very long one, Perak Chaftalad, chapter 24, uh, where Avram's servant is uh, looking for a wife for Yitzchak, and he has been at the well side um, observing the girls who are coming out to draw water. And he um, gave a sign. Uh, He prayed to God to ask for a sign. Who was the correct girl? Um, Chazal talk about this as a nichush. Nichush is either some form of divination where you make a sign before God. And um, here the way we described it was not as some sort of divine omen. not so much that, but rather a human sign. And the what Evan Avraham is looking for is uh, to see whether there is somebody who emulates the characteristics of Avraham Avinu. This woman is going to come from Mesopotamia to the land of Israel. She is going to um, be a, so to speak, a second Avraham. And what he is looking for is somebody who has the characteristic of chesed who seems to um, breathe chesed to really really exemplify this and indeed we we saw that that she does because not only does she like Avraham say little and do a lot but the verb which is repeated um, several times is the way that she runs vatamaher vataratz just like Avraham did when he entertained the three angels in Perek Yud Chet and therefore this segment where the Ever Avraham discovered that uh, the first girl he approached fit the characteristics and that she was from the very family of Avraham, both from her from from Avram's brother uh, from Avram's two brothers, both from Milka and from Nahor, um, he begins and ends this search for her with a sense of prayer to God. Um and this is where we left off the story in Perak in, in Pasuk Chaf uh, Chet. Um, we're going to start from Pasuk Chaf Tet, verse 29. Rivka had a brother whose name was Lavan. Lavan ran to the man. Notice how now he is called an Ish rather than an Eved. And this is going to be important because what made him an ish until now the way he has been viewed in and the way he's been described by the narrative is uh, an ever um and he goes out to the well side to the ayin the ayin is a is a uh, a spring when he saw the nose ring and the the gold bracelet on his sister when he heard Rivka telling the whole story at home, so spoke to me the man. He came out to the man um, who is standing over his camels by the spring. Come, blessed is Hashem. He uses the name Yud Kevavke. Why are you standing outside? I've cleared out the house. There is place for the for the camels. We wonder whether he has cleared out the house. And 
this impression of Lavan, where Lavan is interested in this impressive man with his ten camels, after he has already seen the jewellery that was given to his sister, gives us a sort of counterbalance to the characteristic of Rivka. Rivka ran outside just like Lavan ran outside, but it's very clear that Lavan runs out only after he had seen the wealth that the man had brought. As opposed to that, Rivka is full of instinctive chesed. Rivka, we don't even see her reflection on this jewellery that she has given. Um, there are two possibilities here in this household, two ways in which um, two types of people that you can meet. You can meet the materialistic Lavan, who is an opportunist, or you can meet the altruistic Rivka. And of course, Eved Avraham has met Rivka. Um, we also gain the sense that using the name Yudke Vavke, which is Avraham's name for Hashem, uh, this just uh, deepens the sense of opportunism in Lavan. He's trying to make a deep impression on this wealthy visitor, and he's hoping that he will get benefits. I have to stress that at this point, the Ebed Avraham has not said that he is not the suitor. They probably think that it is he who is coming to marry Rivka. He hasn't mentioned anything about the fact that um, he is a shaliach, he is a messenger, that he is an agent for somebody else. And we can well imagine that uh, Lavan wants to make a very good impression on this man, and he's hoping that he will be given similar trinkets, just like his uh, sister. Um, okay, Pasuk Lamed Bet. Uh, the man comes home and he uh, unsaddles the the camels and gives Tevenu uh, Malim, feeds the animals water to watch, wash his feet and all the men who are with him. We had no clue that he had a group of men with him. And this is the where we hear about them. So obviously he has some camel drivers and his, has assistants. This is quite a large group. And uh, the family bring him to dinner. Here we see that the entire description from now on is uh, going to give a sense of a, a sense of urgency. Um, Evan Avraham is welcomed into the house. They prepare him a meal. If I take the parallel scene in Perak Yudchet, when Avraham entertains the angels, it says that they eat and drink, and only afterwards they say, Aye, Sarah, Ishtecha. They have a message to give to Sarah that she is going to have a child, but they wait until after the meal. Uh, seemingly the same thing with the two angels who come into Lot's house who eat first and then get to business. Here, uh, the Eved Avraham says, I will not eat until I speak my words. Um, he he refuses to, to eat because he wants, and, and by the way, when he concludes, we will see in Pasuk um, Memtet, he's going to say, um, Please tell me what your decision is, and if not, I will go to the right or to the left. Evan Avraham is denying uh, the opportunity to give him food unless they give him the answer that he wants to hear. And in this regard, he is um, projecting a very, very directed, 
a, a very strong focus. He's, he's clearly focused. He's here with one thing in mind, and he's going to get that thing done. Um, and, and this is very powerful. And in this, at, on this note, um, let's see how he opens up his speech. And already the first line, Pasuk Lamadalad, verse 34, will be a surprise. Vayomer Eved Avraham Anuchi. You think I'm an ish. You're relating to me as an ish, as a dignified man, but I am merely a slave of Avraham. Now, the family know Avraham. We know that they've been writing letters to Avraham. We saw at the close of the Akhidah that they received tidings about all of the progeny of this family, indicating that they were interested in being in some sort of contact. So this is already a surprise. God blessed my master incredibly. Vaigdal, he's wealthy. Veitenot son uvakar vakese vezahav avadim ushvachot ugmalim vechamorim. He's been given sheep and cattle and silver and gold and slaves and maidservants and camels and donkeys. Wow, this is quite a list. The eved, the, the, one of the questions that is related to in the midrash, why do we need to hear all of these, all of this description? Uh, of course, uh, the Midrash says that uh, in certain matters in the Torah, we develop halakha just from a mere inference or from a, an extra letter or phrase. And here we have this luxurious repetition, this use of uh, language here. Chazal's phrase to say it is, Yafesi chatan avot. Beautiful is the um, language of avde avot, uh, even then uh, the language of... Uh, Torah Tam Shelbanim, even from the Torah of, of Moshe. Um, and what they're really saying is that uh, this is told in great detail, and it's our job to look at the different descriptions. Description number one, the way it's told the first time in the story, and description number two, and make compare and contrast in order to understand what is happening here. The first detail, if we look back at the first story, is that we were told Hashem Beirachet Avram Bakol. That's it. Here, the stress on Tzon Uvakar Vakesef Azahav Avadim Ushvachot wants to give a sense that Avram is wealthy and maybe make her, him attractive to the family. But I want to say something further. It doesn't just say Avram is wealthy because then it would just say um, that Avraham Gadal Ma'od Vahashem Beirachet Adonim Ma'od. This is the blessing of God. The we're going to read through this story and the primary motif of what the Ebed is going to try and show is that God is with Avraham and indeed that God is with his mission. So the first thing is that Avraham is exceedingly wealthy, but this comes from God. This is true in the second line as well. Sarah, the wife of, my, of, of Avraham, gave, had a son after her old age. And this son is the heir. So once again, the sense that we have a miracle child. My master made me promise that I would not find a wife from the daughters of the Kanani amongst who he lives. Instead, go to the, my father's house and to my family, 
and take a woman for my son. Now again, here, Evan Avraham is being diplomatic. Because if you recall, Avram told him, El Go to my land and to my birthplace. But he did not say, go to my family. He never mentioned that. In fact, in the earlier part of the story, the test at the waterside was a test of Rivka's chesed. He never even asked who she was. He had already given her the two uh, bracelets and the, and the nose ring and asked for a place to stay in her home even before he even heard what her genealogy was. In other words, Evan Avraham wasn't particularly going to her family. Evan Avraham wasn't particularly going to Beit Avi. Avraham has abandoned Beit Avi. He was looking for a girl who exemplified the same Midot of Avraham Avinu of Chesed. And in fact, if you recall, he mentioned the word Chesed in his prayer many, many times. Now, you're going to see the description of the word chesed as a description of the girl or God's relationship to him absent. But what he says is, I came el beit avi telech el mishpachti. He wants to say, Avram sent me to his family. Now, of course, this is important because I'm sure that Ever Avraham is not fully lying. When he found out that Rifgah was really from the family, this was clearly a sign from God that this was the chosen woman. Having said that, he is trying to give a sense that he was sent to this particular family, which is slightly different from what he was originally doing. I said to my master, maybe the woman won't go with me. God before whom I walked, he will send his angel before you, he will make you successful. Notice the stress once again, take from my family, something which wasn't said before. I'll also say something more than that, which is the way God is described here in Pasuk Mem, God before Avram, who Avram walked before, which is true, but originally, how did Avram describe himself? God who took me away from my family's house, from my father's house. The Ebed isn't going to say, oh, Abraham walked away from you, abandoned you. He's not going to say that, so he uses a different phrase. You can see that the Ebed is very savvy. He knows exactly what to say. But let's let's take a look. He says, um, if you come to my family and they won't give the girl then you will be free of my promise he's piling on the pressure that um, there is no other option than going to his family and um, otherwise the shidduch is off I came to the well side and I said if you will make my way successful which I am going on notice the verb verb I am standing here by the spring and the young girl who comes out to draw water I'll say please give me a little water from your jug you drink and I will also draw for your camels this is the woman who God has proven for the son of my master. 
I hadn't even finished speaking Elibi to myself. Rivka comes out. She went down to the spring and drew water. I said, please, just give me water. She hurried, lowered her jug. And I will also give to your uh, camels and I drank and also she gave to the camels I said to her whose daughter are you and she says I am the daughter of Betuel the son of Nachor who uh, my mother is Milka and I put the nose ring on her nose and the bracelets on her hand and I bowed down to God and I blessed the God of my master Abraham who had led me on the true path so that he will uh, that he has led me to the to take the daughter of his brother of the brother of my of my uh, master for his own son and if you will do chesed and truth to my master please tell me and if not I will go to the right or to the left the as I've mentioned there are several differences here in the story um, here first of all Avram as we've mentioned asked the, the servant to go to his land and birthplace but didn't mention the family but a few other things are are are, are relevant first of all if you remember our last class, the the way that uh, Rivka gave the hospitality to Evan Avraham wasn't quite exactly the way that he had said it. Uh, in fact, he said that she should give him and immediately give to the camels. Instead, she went and drew the water specially for them. In the original description that we saw, the first description, the aim of the whole narrative was to show how Rivka exceeded all expectations in terms of her uh, chesed, how she ran and hurried, and the emphasis was indeed on just how expansive her generosity was. Here all of that is removed, nothing about her running, nothing about her doing extra drawing from the, the, the well. Instead, what is described here is almost the fact that it all happened in... <laughs> there also, if you recall, um, she gave the man to drink but then she went and drew the water again for the camels and that gave us a time lapse to sort of be in a state of tension is she going to draw water for the camels or is she going to abandon him in this story it makes out as if she tipped her jug to give the man to drink and then she poured the rest out for the camels it was immediate and uh, part of what is going on here in this uh in this, uh, I, I've also mentioned the word chesed, which was so prominent, prominent in the first version, is very surprisingly absent here. Um, what's going on here is, is something very, very s simple. Um, the thrust of the original version focused on Rivka's character. Um, Avram and, of course, Evan Avraham are interested in somebody with the same values that he has and therefore Evan Abraham is looking for kindness but in this second version what we're interested in is the fact that God has led this whole process God has blessed Abraham 
God has blessed Sarah with a child and that he prayed to God and every single detail happened very, very quickly following a suit. Not only that, he asked her her name and she was exactly the right girl. The sense here is that, um, and, and he says, and I prayed to God and I, when this happened, I, I thanked God who had sent me on Bederech Emet, not that did chesed with me, but did emet with me, that was true with me. The whole aim is to um, to demonstrate to them that God has been guiding the entire process. And I think that he's successful in this because let's look at Lavana Betuel's response. Vayan Lavana Betuel, verse 50, Pasuk Nun. We can't say anything bad or good to you. Here is Rivka, go, take her and go. Let her be the wife for the son of your master. Just like God has spoken. In other words, the way that Eben Abraham has manipulated the narrative is not what it was originally. Originally it was a search for a girl who practiced chesed, who was a surrogate of Abraham. Now the aim is to show them that God is behind everything. Some, like Rav, 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 uh, Dr. Jonathan Grossman, have even suggested that he is here pandering to the sort of um, uh, sensibilities of people in Mesopotamia who were very into superstition, very into um, the idea that there were omens from God and that uh, they would be loath to go against the divine karma, so to speak. But I don't really think you need to go that that far. Uh, there is they they knew that Abraham had travelled for God, and um, he's trying to say exactly what they come out with. They say the the statement: "We can't go against God's word." Ka'asher diber Hashem. They use the name Yudke Vavke. Now it seems like the mission is over. Everything is fine. He bows down to God. He has got the family's permission. They are giving their daughter's hand in marriage. Everything is great. However, oh, sorry, one more line. He now gives out all the presents. He brings out silver and gold items and clothes and gives them to Rifka. And gives all sorts of gifts to her brother and to her mother. Um, and he, they eat and drink. This, um, this, what was going to be an act of hospitality on the part of the family, turns to an engagement party, to a family celebration, to celebrate the engagement of Rifka to um, to Yitzchak. However, we're going to see at this point that there's a little bit of a catch. Um, something goes a little bit awry overnight. And uh, it says, Vayalinu, I'm reading from Pasuk Nun Dalad, verse 54. Vayalinu In the morning he says, let me go. Now, by the way, the father is missing. Rashi has a very bizarre comment that uh, Bituel at this point had, had passed away during the night, which I think is, is difficult. But what he's really saying is that um, why only are the brother and the mother involved here? Well, I'll explain in a minute. Let the, the brother and mother turn turn round to Ebed Abraham and say, Let the girl stay with us. Very interestingly, let her say let her stay ten 
yamim, days or asar. Here I have to say that the word yamim means um, a year. This is pointed out by Rashi. Yamim, he says, shana, a year. Um, as it says in Vayikra, yamim tiegulato. When it refers to the batei um having uh, being able to be redeemed for a year, it uses the word yamim. In other words, they say, usually in ancient society, um, there was a betrothal, and then you spent a year getting the dowry together. So they're saying, let her stay a year or ten months. Now here, as uh, Rabbi Tzvi Gramot points out, we're being introduced to a theme which is going to um, be developed later on in the story of Yaakov, of a family wanting to hold their daughter back. Uh, if you recall, Lavan uh, holding Yaakov by tricking him time after time after time. Uh, Yaakov only comes from a short amount of time and ends up staying 20 years. And um, they say, let her stay either a year or 10 months, and then she will go. Abraham says, don't make me late. God has made my way successful. Let me go and I will leave to my master. He's correct. If, you, if things would start delaying, then who knows what would happen. Other people have also suggested, if you recall, that the um, original Parsha begins, Avraham is old. Who knows whether Avram will be al alive, but even if you, when he comes back. But uh, here, what he's really saying is that... Um, you, you know, you can't delay me because God is with me. And this has been the theme of what he said all the time. And they say something really surprising. I assume they wanted to gain, to stall. Let's call her and ask her what she says. They called Rivka. Will you go with this uh, man? And she said, I will go. First of all, here notice the use, repeated use of the word lalechet. She is going in a lech lecha. Now you ask, what? Why is the brother and the mother mentioned and not the father? And um, part of the reason might be that here they're intending to ask the girl for her opinion. In ancient society, a father married off his daughter without asking her opinion. And therefore, this is not a scene which should be made with the father. It would be an indignity to the father for the father to ask his daughter about her, whether she wants to agree to the betrothal. So therefore, this is a scene which is the brother and the mother, <laughs> who don't have the power to marry her off, but do have the power to um, seriously frustrate these efforts and convince her that she doesn't want to go. And, uh, and this we already see a precursor of what Lavan is going to do to Yaakov later. But the power of this scene is, is this, that uh, we might, uh, all the negotiations happened with Betuel and Lavan, and Rivka was not at all aware of what was going on. In fact, the whole marriage proposal hadn't really been made by Evan Avraham to Rivka personally. It was made to her parents. She has to agree to go herself, just like Avraham agreed to go Lech Lecha. And therefore, the amazing thing, even though it seems like, ooh, the whole shidduch is in question, what's actually happening in this scene is that Rivka is the one who decides to go and decides to go now. And therefore, this is very powerful because 
um, this shows that Rivka is perfectly willing to go. Now, the question, of course, is going to be, why? Why is she willing to go? And it could well be that she sensed already about this ish that she's met, about this man, that what he was looking for was indeed this value of chesed. Um, that he comes from a place where they worship Yudke Vavke. And uh, it seems like she is looking for the things that this man represents. That Rivka doesn't want to be a Mesopotamia herself. Indeed, she wants to do her own Lech And that is why she herself is willing to go. And uh, to, to give a sense that there is an awareness that she is really going to the house of Abraham, we'll read the last line that we're going to read today, and we'll leave the scene where Rivka and Yitzchak meet for next time. It says, They sent Rivka, their sister, and her wet nurse, who probably was her personal assistant since she was a child, um, Later on, we're going to see that Rivka is with Na'aroteha. She goes with several assistants, which means this family was pretty wealthy. Uh, several women, because later it's going to say Rivka Na'aroteha. She certainly doesn't go alone with this man. She goes with several assistants. And they send Rivka out and they say, um, they bless Rivka and they say, Achotenu, our sister, at hayil al You are going to be thousands and ten thousands, v'yirash zarech, et shar son av. And your offspring will inherit the gate of their enemies. What a strange blessing. Can anybody imagine when their daughter is getting married to say, you should be to, ten, to uh, thousands and ten thousands and your offspring will um, conquer the gate of their enemies? There is an uncanny uh, intertextuality here with the end of the Akedah, the end of Parakhaf Bet, where Hashem blesses Avraham. And here it is, if I'm not mistaken, yes, it is the Rashbam who points this out. He says, Mimech yitzu otam habanim. From you will come those children about whom it said at the end of Akedah, V'yirash darechet shast oivav. What am I referring to? It, at the end of the Akedah, chapter 22, verse 17, Ki zarecha. Avram is told, I will bless you and expand your descendants as the stars of the heaven and the sand on the seashore, the Yirash Zarech et Shar Oivav, and your um, seed will inherit the gate of their enemies. Did the family of Betuel know the text of God's blessing in the Akedah? Had Avram been writing letters back to his family, telling them the precise language of every single divine blessing? That I do not know. But here, knowingly or unknowingly, when they say, oh, our sister, you'll become thousands upon ten thousands and your seed will take, will, will, will conquer the gates of its enemies, uh, what they're saying is, you are the covenantal woman. You are the woman through whom the blessings of God given to Avram in the Akedah will come true. And therefore, written large throughout all of this parsha is God's guidance of the event. We've seen the variation where the, the narrator's description focuses on Rivka's chesed, where the Eved's description focuses on the divine guidance of the entire event. We've seen, though, how it's not enough for Rivka to be suitable and for God to guide things, but actually Rivka has to take the decision to go, and this is facilitated by the hesitance of her brother and her mother, and um, now that Rivka has agreed to go, he is, he is, he, she is given a blessing which reflects the blessing of Avraham, giving us a very clear sense through the intertextuality that she indeed is the person 
who is going to be able to bring that zera, that offspring, which is going to continue the covenant. Please God, next time we meet, we will be talking about that wonderful meeting between Yitzchak and Rivka. Uh, next time, Bezrat Hashem. Have a great day.